when someone is offering to give you mentorship, take it. If someone you meet at a course or at a networking event or whatever it is that you decide to go to a wine tasting, whatever that event might be, make a connection, you know, exchange numbers, try to somehow connect with them. If you have an opportunity to go to something else that you're invited to, you never know where that's going to lead you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PTA Plus podcast. I am Katie Sutton, your host. Today's guest is Ms. Sanas Holcomb. She is a physical therapist assistant from Ohio, and we dive deep into some conversation about development, leadership, opportunities for PTAs. We talk a lot about the APTA PTA apps, which is the Advanced Proficiency Pathways for the Physical Therapist Assistant. We also talk about the Life uh, Leadership Series and the LAMP Leadership Series. So these are some really good conversations that we have in regards to some of these programs that PTAs can take to really increase their value. And when we talk about that plus, that um, part of being a PTA that we all have, um, Sanas has so many different things that we can use to fill in that blank. Um, she's an advocate for the profession. She talks to students, PT and PTA students all the time and just really truly advocates for PTAs and for physical therapists and most importantly, her patients. I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, thanks, I'm awesome. So um, you and I, we've been talking some time, um, Sanas, about uh, some some things that I'm interested in hearing about um, as far as some of the leadership development that you've done and some of the um, PTA advanced proficiency pathways. I'm gonna have a hard time saying that today. Um, so I'm really interested in hearing about that kind of selfishly, but I think that it's a lot of information that the audience is going to get um, a lot out of as well. So we are going to talk a lot about that today. But before we do that and we get started, I want to hear a little bit more about your background. So if you can tell everybody some of the things you're doing right now, um, what you're doing for work clinically and outside of the clinic too, if you want. Okay. Um, Thank you for having me here today, Katie. Um, So I uh, graduated from uh, Cuyahoga Community College, and um, I was really, really fortunate in starting to work uh, with a group of, uh, it was a private practice group that was owned by three physical therapists, and I was really lucky to work under them because they were very supportive, they were amazing mentors, and um one of the um, PTs that I work with the most um, was an amazing mentor to me. And because of his um, initiative to become more advanced himself, that gave me the drive and basically the support to want to improve myself. And when I was in school, I really was not aware much about the APTA at the time. And he was very involved in that. So that kind of motivated me to become more involved. And he basically took me to my first meeting and um, just following him and kind of trying to, you know, in some ways impress him, but while improving myself, 
um, I kind of got more involved in various things. And um, in 2005, you know, being an APTA member, I received some information regarding the advanced proficiency um, certification, it was called at the time. And, you know, because of once again, the environment that I was in and being, you know, supported by my colleagues, I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. So at the time, once again, I was in a private practice outpatient clinic and um, I became interested in the advanced proficiency. Um, so I signed up for it. And at the time, um, it was a little bit different than what it is now. So I, you know, utilized my resources as far as like continuing ed courses, which you needed. And I can get more into that uh, once we get more nitty gritty um, about it. But um, that's kind of how I started. And um, I think that along with that and kind of going to some of the local meetings, it kind of encouraged me to get more involved. And um, I want to say probably around 2005, 2006 is when I took my first role in the district as a secretary. And since then, I've had several roles within the district. Um, and the current, most current um, position that I have is the um, PTA school advisory um, position within our district. And I'm also the nominating committee for the Northeast District. Um, and throughout the time that I served the various positions within the district, um, once again, I was uh, mentored really well and had some fantastic um, people that tried to motivate me. And I have to thank the nominating committee for Ohio to approach me. And I became the PTA caucus rep alternate first. And then after that, I continued and became the PTA caucus rep and served in that position for two terms. And then following that, I um, applied for a national position um, at the time through the PTA caucus, um, which was now called steering group. So I served as the nominating committee and that role has changed. So currently, although I would be in that position now, I'm one of the eight steering group members for the national um, uh, under the national position. So those are kind of the roles that I have. Um, I practice um, home care for St. Vincent Charity Home Care um, here in Cleveland and the surrounding suburbs. Um, I am on the advisory board for a PTA program. I also do some lectures um, to PTA programs around Ohio and a couple outside of Ohio, I should say thanks to COVID, um, doing it on Zoom, on the importance of, you know, um, becoming a member, staying a member, also PT, PTA relationship. And um, in the past year, I've also done a couple of lectures specifically regarding advanced proficiency pathway, just because not as many people are familiar to it. And I think it's important not only for PTAs to know about it, but also for PTs because they would have to be our mentors. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what I've done and what I'm doing now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's important about what you just said was you had all these amazing people who were there kind of mentoring you and pushing you along, but you had to show up like there there has to be a part of us who's willing to show up and do our part 
um, you know, opportunity do doesn't just come knocking on the door. You, you have to go out and seek it um, somewhat. So I think that from what you said, that's what I heard was you showed up. Correct. Correct. I, you know, I feel like um, within our career, we are presented with numerous opportunities, whether it's um, working with someone who is amazing, having a patient who is challenging. And, you know, um, it could be different positions that we are exposed to within our job or within the association. And, you know, it's not easy, you know, I mean, it, it takes extra effort. Um, but I feel like we kind of get out of it what we put into it. And um, one of the things that I remember hearing my mentor um, say often was, you know, what can you give back to your profession that has given you so many opportunities? And so uh, once again, I feel like, you know, I think we're really all presented with opportunities and sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it's scary, um, but I feel that throughout my career, and the opportunities that I've had when I have taken the initiative, I have had nothing but amazingly supportive people to help and guide me and kind of help me get to where I am. And I will tell you, I'm not sure any of the positions that I had in a leadership position were ever things that I thought, oh, I'm gonna apply for this. It was always someone who recognized you know, maybe me growing in an area or having, you know, perhaps some qualities that I was not even aware of. And they, you know, helped me get into that position and basically um, make me believe in myself. And, you know, and then from there, once I got into those positions, then I was able to kind of motivate myself and see what other positions I was interested in and maybe work towards those. So um, mentoring is extremely important. And that is something that I have really taken um, into, I, I feel like it's a passion of mine is to mentor other PTAs um, because it's not easy. And, you know, it's the opportunity is not always there just because you work in a physical therapy clinic does not mean that you're working with individuals that are necessarily involved or even know how to get you more involved. So when you find someone who is knowledgeable, who is willing to help, you know, take that opportunity and yeah. run with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, um, that, that model of mentorship is maybe initiated with students with that clinical instructor student relationship. Um, but sometimes I think that that's where it ends, you know, and, and I would love to see if it would continue to push forward um, past that first initial um, mentorship. And of course, CIs aren't paid for what they do. It's all volunteerism. But I mean, that's the same thing whenever you're talking about leadership and opportunities within the profession is, um, I mean, it does take time. And you and I, we were just talking because we're friends outside of this podcast as well, that we're going to be on at least three calls this this week between right. uh, different yeah. things that we're both involved in. So, you know, it's it's it, it does take time and you have to be willing to put that forward. But the things that I get out of it are so valuable um, that I continue to want to give. And it just it to me, it makes a difference. And, and I, I enjoy doing it. So 
Well, and I think one of the key words that you said is that, you know, we are friends outside of, you know, what we do. And I wish that more people would give themselves the opportunity to get involved a little bit because I have found that I have built some amazing relationships with mm -hmm. people and I don't necessarily call them colleagues anymore. They're friends. And mm -hmm. some of the things that we do, I mean, I consider fun. So, <laughs> yeah. you, know, and, you know, they always say, if you like what you do, you don't consider it work. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm very fortunate that I can say that. So I don't necessarily think that what we're doing like right now or the meeting tomorrow night is necessarily work. I get a chance to see my mm -hmm. friends and discuss things and learn from them and contribute. So absolutely building that network is so important and i've i've told this story um once before but i didn't really know and realize how broad and wide um the profession was until i showed up at one combined section meeting and i remember just standing there looking around thinking gosh i'm so clueless i have no idea what's happening who are the people in the red coats maybe that can be its own episode someday <laughs> i don't I know it yeah. yeah, I'm like, what is happening here? And I, I remember um, just thinking that I had missed out on so much. And I went back home and I got on OPTA's Ohio Physical Therapy Association's website and I found your name. I'm like, okay, who's the person who's the PTA in charge here? You know, and so I think you and I actually met maybe a year or two after that at one of the Ohio um, spring or fall conferences or something like that. But um, I, I don't remember exactly how that was. It might've been at the 50th. It was the 50th because I really yeah. wanted every school to be there. Yeah. 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 So, and then I guess the, the rest is, you know, history, right? History, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, the name of this podcast, PTA Plus, came about because I recognize and want to highlight all of the things that PTRs, PTAs are beside just a PTA. And we hear that term a lot um, that we're just a PTA or, you know, sometimes we get asked, when are you going to finish your degree? Um, and <laughs> I, you can see by, by both of our titles we have, we've continued on. Um, but I always wanted to be a PTA because that's the career choice I made. You know, I didn't have the desire to go on necessarily to PT school. There were other things that I desired to do as well. But there's all these things that kind of go along with it. So I'm hearing you say you're a PTA plus you're an advocate, um, you're an educator, what else would you use to fill in that those blanks? Um, I definitely would say a mentor, um, because that is something that I spend a lot of time, you know, speaking with programs. And um, I, I like to think of myself as an educator, although it's not in a school setting. Um, I do give some lectures, but not in the same format as, you know, you being a professor. Um, I do think that not only am I an advocate for the profession, but I'm also an advocate for our patients. Um, I think that is extremely important. Um, and, you know, when you talk about being a um, kind of educator, I think that's also the same thing to our patients because we have so much to teach the public about what we do and what is available. Absolutely. And even though that is may not, they may not be my specialty, but just to, you know, let them know what is available. Um, 
and uh, you know, all the other things that come, you know, with it, family, wife, friend. But um, as far as the profession go, I think it's um, important to advocate. And, you know, as you become more involved, I do like to consider myself a leader just because of the, some of the leadership positions that I've had. Um, and, you know, at the same time, I also want to call myself a student in a way because I am not done learning. Mm -hmm. I continuously try to improve myself. Um, I, you know, definitely beyond just getting your continuing education things in. Um, once I have um, kind of thought, okay, we've done this, we've done this, let's see what else is available. And one of the things that I think not many people are aware of, including myself, just till a couple years ago, was all the leadership opportunities, like learning classes, you know, improving your leadership skills. And I feel that, you know, those types of um, classes and certifications are something that not only can you utilize to maybe get into a leadership position, but just to better understand yourself, mm -hmm. other people. And ultimately, if we are treating patients, the better we know what and who we are treating, um, you know, the diagnosis is the what, but, you know, the patient and how they learn and how they react and how we, you know, respond that is a very, very important part, along with working with others. And, you know, I feel like, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about the clinic or your home, they kind of integrate together. So mm -hmm. it makes you a better, well-rounded person. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think something that you said that was important to me was um, about when you're advocating for your patient, building that network is only going to make you a better advocate for your patient because now you have connections all over the u.s you have an in with people who are doing specialized things that now you can connect that and you can um, access resources a little bit better and i find that incredibly invaluable um, to patient treatment absolutely absolutely and um, i feel like you know when i compare us practicing now versus, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, the resources that are available, the networking, um, it's unbelievable. I mean, through the leadership positions that I've had, I basically can name off a couple of PTAs in almost every state that I can contact today. And if I'm looking for something, information, job, whatever, if I may not know it, they may not know it, they know someone and, you know, it can, you know, it really, it gives you so many options. And I feel like I have been very lucky to have taken the opportunities that I've had to build that network. And that is something that I would love for our current and current students and new grads to understand that if you become more involved I mean, it is unbelievable what you have available to you as far as information, jobs, you know, opportunities in general. Um, and that's, I think, very, very important and not something that everybody knows how to go about to get. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is something that I wish more people would take advantage of. Absolutely. Yeah, hands down. So now on the selfish 
part of mine. Um, the whole reason why I'm like, hey, we got to talk about this. Um, the PTA, Advanced Proficiency Pathways, correct? Am I saying it right? Correct. Correct. Awesome. Or PTA apps is easier that way, right? Yes. Yes. So there's there's quite a few of them. There is. But you have not one, not two, not three. You have four. You have four PTA apps. I do. Yeah. It's that lifelong learning. You're just never going to stop, are you? Yeah. I have the next yeah. one possibly picked out. <laughs> no, oh, you know, so it's interesting. Um, so when the advanced proficiency certification first came out in 2005, I forget how many there were. Let's say it was like a handful. Um, it was uh, a very um, PTA friendly, PTA advocate, physical therapist who was um, at the time basically our liaison for the APTA, Janet Crozier. And um, that was the first time I had any interaction with her. And, you know, she presented this and, you know, was basically 60 CEUs. That's how many you needed to complete the advanced proficiency. Wow. And 80% of those 60 CEUs had to be in the area that you were specializing in. And you had to have your PT um, as your mentor. And at the end of your 60 CEUs, you had to have them basically um, do kind of like a checkoff thing for you. And you submitted your, you know, basically your whole project. And if it was approved, you would get the certification and you had five years to do it. So in Ohio, you know, having a PTA have to have 12 CEUs every two years, basically it was kind of like being a PT and having to have 12 CEUs every year. Um, and I forget um, which one was my first one? I, I feel bad saying that. I think I think it was musculoskeletal. I'm not positive. But anyways, um, so I got it and I learned a lot, right? It really um, made me focus in a specific area. And at the time I was working in outpatient private practice. And then um, I went on to get my second one, which I believe is in geriatrics. I feel bad not knowing it, you know like in progression, but, um, you know, fantastic one to get, right. Because obviously in outpatient, you get plenty of that. And very shortly around that time, I started doing home care as well. So I was doing outpatient and home care at the same time. And, um, about, um, I, I did outpatient, um, physical therapy for about, I want to say five years, six years, full time, and then started adding home care. And then after about eight and a half years, nine, I went strictly into home care. And I've been doing home care ever since. Um, so approximately, I'm going to say like 15, 14 years, something like that. And when I went into home care, obviously you see everything. And, mm -hmm. you know, could you renew your certification? Yes. But I thought, you know what? There is this area that I don't know much about and I want to learn more about it. So I started doing the cardiovascular and I feel like, you know, that is something that no matter what field you're in, it definitely is a factor. Oh yeah. Um, and so I, you know, that was one of the reasons why I started going into the, you know, different, um, advanced proficiencies because of that. Um, 
And the last one I got was oncology. Um, and by that time, the advanced proficiency certification had become advanced proficiency pathway. And the biggest difference um, between the two is, well, there's a few things. So first, now there's a couple of classes that you have to take online through the APTA that, you know, are very specific for just the general program. Then those 60 CEUs, now 100% of them have to be in the area that you are getting your specialization in, not 80% anymore. The other difference is now your PT has to be doing more mentorship with you throughout your um, basically completion of the certification. So not only are they, you know, doing more um, kind of like check off of your skill um, sets with that specific um, specialization with patients. So um, and, you know, I I there were definitely things I like about both. Um, one of the things that I like about the advanced proficiency pathway is that it is a little bit more focused. Um, the one thing that I feel is a little bit more specific about advanced proficiency pathway is that now there's a test component to basically every course that you take. So um, one of the things that I was able to do before was to take classes at combined sections meeting and they would count, but now it has to be pre-conference because there's a test component with it. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing is that all the classes that are offered under the learning center, under the APTA, all of them are acceptable for the advanced proficiency pathway and they all have a test component. So I think, you know, um, when you when you compare um, a physical therapist certification, right? Mm -hmm. There's a test component. To yeah, you mean like board certification? Correct, correct. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. when they want to get a specialization, they have to take mm -hmm. an exam. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is kind of our version of having that mm -hmm. test component. So yeah. um, I totally understand it and respect it and why it has been changed. So, um, you know, I, I think that it's a great way for us to advance our, you know, our practice. And um, I was not aware exactly of how many people were um, signed up to do it. Obviously, you know, somebody might sign up and finish it in three years versus someone might do it in five years. But when you look mm -hmm. at how many people are graduating or I should say, you know, receiving their um, advanced proficiency, there's not that many. There is not that many. And I think this is where a lot of PTAs have the opportunity to advance their, um, their learning. I will tell you, it's not a guarantee to get a raise. Um, you know, a lot of times I feel like what we do to even um, continuing education, you know, CEUs, we don't do that to get a raise. We do it to maintain mm -hmm. our, you know, skill set. And yeah. I think mm -hmm. that, you know, it is very important for us to do more. And one of the things that I always, I like to use this as an example when I talk to students, um, you know, if 
one of us or a loved one needs medical care, we will do research on who's the best physician, who is, you know, doing research on this, who is at the top of their, you know, field. Mm-hmm. So when you think about us as therapists, 12 is the minimum CEUs a PTA needs in Ohio. Do you really want to be the bare minimum? That's kind of how I look at it. And, you know, compared to, especially before COVID, you know, even there was a lot of courses being offered online. And then once COVID hit, it was, everything was online. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you're trying to advance your knowledge, if you're trying to advance your career, be a better clinician, there are a lot of opportunities now to do that. Different formats of learning Mm -hmm. and courses and options, things like that. Even companies are now offering a lot of continuing education through the company. And is it a way to save money? Yes, but it's still an opportunity that you didn't have before. Mm -hmm. You have to go research it. You have to plan it. And now it's planned for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, advanced proficiency is more structured. You know, it is a little bit more expensive, but it is something that, you know, you have that not everybody has. So I believe it was in 2020 that I got my um, oncology, the last one. And um, first of all, that year, if I'm correct, only two people in the country got an advanced proficiency in oncology. Wow. And yeah, so um, I, you know, there was a list like they have every um, um, group that is graduating in what section. Um, But like in Ohio, I believe it was that same year, I was doing a lecture, so I wanted to ask, you know, how many people in Ohio were getting it? So mm-hmm. um, there's a gentleman at APTA, Derek, I forget his last name. Um, he kind of runs all the specialization um, mm-hmm. activities there. I reached out to him and I said, can you tell me how many PTAs in Ohio are currently working on advanced proficiency? And he told me two. And because I do a lot of lectures um, to PTA programs about benefits of belonging to the APTA, I kind of have an idea. I believe right now there's about somewhere around 8,000 PTAs that are practicing in Ohio. So it just kind of gives you an idea. um, And I have a feeling that a lot of them don't even know this exists. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I think this podcast is important is to teach other PTAs, number one that there is such a thing and Mm -hmm. how you go about it. Obviously you have to be an APTA member in good standing. And you know, you, I think pay like $135 for the application fee and you basically start taking your classes and Mm -hmm. working with your PT. The other thing I think that is important, I'm hoping some PTs are definitely listening to this podcast because I want them to know about it because Mm -hmm. you might be asked to be a mentor. Absolutely. you know, if you are a PT or a PTA and you are in a management position, in a supervisory position, this is something that you can discuss with your staff, with your PTA, with your PT to say, hey, you know, either this would be something good to achieve. This could be a goal for you in five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we always have these goals that we want to yeah. set for ourselves or for our employees. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a fantastic way to, you know, come up with something like a future goal, you know, yeah, setting that professional development goal. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, and I feel like when we think about what we do every day, we're there to treat patients and make their life better. So Mm -hmm. anything that we learn that can help that everybody wins. So, you know, it's, um, it's a fantastic opportunity. Um, we just, um, you know, we basically specialize in an area that is important. And, you know, the four that I have, I feel like at some point, all of us have some kind of musculoskeletal problem. We are all aging, you know, cardiovascular. I mean, that's something that it changes in time. Um, I was very surprised to learn in oncology, some of the people that, you know, have gone through cancer, what are the long-term effects and how that is, because, you know, we think about someone who had cancer 10 years ago, but they mm-hmm. might still have effects. So, yeah, you know, yeah. so many different things that, you know, you, you, when you think about the different areas of, um, advanced proficiency, that really ties into different, you know, practice settings. Um, yeah. So I, that, and that's one of the things that, you know, I also would like to encourage if someone who has an advanced proficiency, think about going for a different one, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah, not that more things have not come out, not that, you know, um, you couldn't learn what's new, obviously, but, you know, challenge yourself to a different area. So um, I think that that's, you know, it's, it's rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear a lot of um, PT say that they want to practice at the top of their license. And I see this way. Practicing bones. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, over the years, um, obviously, the physical therapy degree went from a bachelor's to a master's to a doctorate level. And when you think about the physical therapist assistant, um, although there are some colleges now that offer a bachelor's degree, when you talk about a physical therapy assisting you're talking about the same licensure. So even though you might have your bachelor's, you're still taking the same state licensure exam and you are still practicing as a PTA. Now, um, there was a point where the APTA did do some research on whether to turn the PTA programs into a bachelorate level degree. And, you know, as much as I like to, you know, think of us as becoming more knowledgeable and really being the best um, person to practice, you know, with a physical therapist versus let's say, I don't know, an exercise physiologist or, you know, a kinesiologist or something. Um, We really, I feel like we need to be at the, you know, at the top of our game and, Mm -hmm. you know, here their degree is advancing, but ours did not. And I don't necessarily think that if our degree turned into a bachelor's degree, that would necessarily make us better clinicians. I feel like that bachelor's degree is definitely important if you're especially trying to get into management. There are some PTAs who want to go on and become a DPT. But 
when it comes to treatment, you're talking about very specific skill sets and improving that. So I'm glad that this opportunity exists so that we can improve ourselves. And not to say that there isn't other ways for, you know, physical therapist assistants to advance themselves. You know, there's like lymphedema specializations oh, yeah. mm -hmm. through other organizations, but through the APTA, this is the basically the, the one. And I'm glad that mm -hmm. they continue offering more um, sections to become a part of it. So that's, you know, that's very important. Yes, agreed. <laughs> and, um, moving to a degree sounds uh, way easier than what it really is. Um, I mean, I I see the the benefits and the the values to both, but um, I mean, I think we have a good thing going with what we have right now. Um, I think that PTA programs do an excellent job of getting in what they need to do. As a matter of fact, I think we do um, more than what. Uh, people imagine that we can do in a short time time frame for an associate's degree but um yeah there are lots of ways that we can continue to grow the energizer bunny you just <laughs> so there are a couple other things that you did um one of which was the life series through ohio and you've done both lamp leadership is that correct all three now so yeah um all three. so go ahead and talk about that <laughs> um so you know it's kind of interesting because um I, I mean, listen, I still to this day, um, being involved in the Northeast District, I try to pretty much attend every single continuing education course that, you know, our district puts on. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because over the years, we've tried to um, basically kind of ask our members, what would you like to have a course in? So, you know, we try to do like something different all the time, women's health, peds, whatever. And, you know, I find that sometimes like if there's therapists that, you know, are never going to work in peds, they'll be like, well, I'm not going to that course. But it's mm -hmm. funny because I've gone to support and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that. And that kind of, and you pick things out and, you know, it's just, yeah. um, even though it's not in your scope of practice, right? So here I am, you know, going to these different CEUs and I will be very honest, the reason why I got um, interested in doing the life series is because I was, you know, applying for a national position and I lost and I was trying to think of how I could improve myself because I really wanted that position. So I wanted to be able to run for it again and say in the last year, I have done this to improve myself. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um during that year, um, I had joined a leadership book club, something super, super casual um, through the PTA caucus at the time. And then Ohio had put on uh, this leadership training called Life Series, and the first cohort had gone through it. 
And so as soon as I lost, I was once again trying to think of what to do. So I called up the OPTA office and I said, listen, this is my goal. This is why I want to take it is because I want to say that I'm more qualified to run for this position. I'm more qualified to have this position. And so I, you know, I applied for it and, you know, it was uh, very, very interesting. Um, I feel like it is one of those um, series of um, so it's a combination of books you read and um, the uh, individual who uh, gives the class um, is basically an expert in this. She has written books. And it was very interesting to learn some things about myself and also behaviors and how I learn, how I react and, you know, um, and how others and how we perceive that, you know, and it was a fantastic course and um i completed it and um i ran for that position again and this time i was successful um around the same time i had heard about this leadership training through the apta i didn't know a whole lot about it but because of completing that i kind of was interested in doing the lamp series there's it's leadership and innovation um is the section there's actually a whole section of it and um just like aquatics just like geriatrics and i did not know this you know um so anyway so i joined it and basically it was in a way um a more um i don't want to i don't want to say like that life series on steroids but kind of you know and Interestingly enough, um, so LAMP is, um, it's 101, 201, 301. Um, it is offered through the APTA. And it is, um, if you go to combined sections, it is a pre-conference course that you can take, two days, two full days. It's also offered in other avenues through the APTA. Like they go to different states and put these courses on as well. Um, one of the things that I was very surprised to see in a way was let's say there was maybe i'm gonna guess 60 people in the class and there's like two ptas okay. and you're talking about you know i mean i'm not saying that's for the whole year but once again yeah. not too many ptas mm -hmm. um so and you know it was interesting because a lot of people who are in this course are usually managers um they uh, are educators, directors, um, basically people in a leadership position. And it was very interesting to see um, kind of like why they were taking this course because they want to learn how to be better managers. They want to be better leaders. And, you know, when I think about it, you're still thinking about becoming better in mm -hmm. every way, whether it's you're treating a patient, whether you're being, you know, I feel like the more you learn about yourself and how to handle various situations, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about at home, at work, with friends, with patients, it's all together. Um, but once again, you know, I think about one, you know, my top priority, obviously, I'm a clinician mm -hmm. and I want to treat my patients and not every patient 
will share things with you the same way, learn from you, respond to you. So, you know, to me, that is one of the, you know, most important things, you know, for myself. And then, of course, carrying that into your leadership, you know. So um, it was a very, very um, eye-opening uh, course. Um, I think that the people who, you know, if if I'm talking, let's say, to just an audience here in Ohio, um, I would encourage people who have taken Life Series to also take LAMP. Don't think that they're the same. I That's think good information, that yeah. It is, yeah, I, I definitely think that they, you know, have different information that they give, you know. Um, the second one, same thing, it was kind of like a buildup, you know, of you take what you learned in 101 and you apply that to things in 201. And then um, 301 is more of an independent project that you do. So you kind of take what you learned from one and two and you basically kind of present it, you teach it. And that is, you know, basically what 301 is. And um, so, you know, it's one of those things where, and I don't really have a certification in anything that has a series to it, but I feel like if you've done 101, definitely do 201. And the nice thing about 301 is it's not a course per se, you do it on a self-study. So oh, if you have okay. an opportunity to do it, um, you know, you do it at your own time, you know, you work with um, an amazing, actually, PTA, Sean Bagby, who is in charge of 301. So um, it's a great, it's a great opportunity to, you know, once again, advance yourself. And, mm -hmm. um, and once again, no matter whether it's an advanced proficiency, whether mm -hmm. you're completing life series or LAMP, I feel like all in all, it helps you become a better clinician, a better, you know, individual in whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. Exactly. So it sounds like you don't necessarily have to have a, a trajectory towards some kind of management or leadership. This is just going to simply improve the way that you communicate with Correct. your family, your friends, your patients, Correct. your colleagues, your coworkers, everything. So. Correct. And I, you know, it's, kind of interesting. Um, I have to, you know, say my um, mentor and first basically PT that I work with who really encouraged me to get involved is um, Dr. Anthony DiFilippo. And if you asked him, you know, to maybe describe me or something, he always likes to use the word strong-willed. <laughs> and um, and it, <laughs> makes, <laughs> it makes me kind of laugh, but at the same time, you know, I'm sure like, well, he's known me for many, many years. <laughs> well, we won't mention how many, but um, show my age. But, um, you know, I've grown. I, I'm, I'm glad I've grown. I think about some of the, you know, things I would m maybe perhaps think or say, my, my, my train of thought. And that's what you hope, right? You know, you hope that you grow. And absolutely. Um, you know, this is, this is something that I feel like has really helped me, you know, grow. And I, you know, look forward to more ways of growing because I, I feel like I have more room for growth and I continue to want to improve myself. So, um, you know, when I think about 
how I would treat a patient, my thought process, taking everything into, um, you know, into consideration. Mm -hmm. When I got into leadership positions, working with a group, um, especially when you work with a group of people that don't necessarily think like you or, you know, um, or maybe, understand the role of a PTA. Right. I mean, right. We, yeah, that's, that's common. Right. And, and like, let's say you're working on a project and you don't have the same point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still, this is something that I, you know, see myself getting hopefully better with is, you know, trying to see other people's point of view, trying to have an open mind and learn, um, not everybody, and you don't want to have the same train of thought, mm -hmm. um, yeah. as you know, I think you achieve more and this takes time because, you know, you feel like if you all think the same way, you're gonna, you know, come with a better plan yeah. and it's not, um, no. one, of, no. one of the projects yeah. that we did, um, when I was, um, at leadership, 201 this past year, I forget exactly what the, the, the game was, but basically it was a card game. There was a bunch of us and we had to come up with a way to come up with a certain number or something. And everybody thought we should come about it a different way. And there was really only like two or three different ways of doing it. And we're just like, do it this way. No, do it this way. And just you know, the, the team building, you know, and working together and it's not easy. It's not easy, you know, and I think when you're in a leadership position, people look up to you. So you think, you know, so yeah. um, I think it's important. And, and the same thing with a patient. Once again, I like to keep going back because, you know, I don't want anyone to look at this podcast and think, well, I'm not doing that. So I don't need to do it. This is mm -hmm. really for everyone. You know, and um, there's a lot of PTAs that at some point might either take a break from practicing because of, you know, family, you know, or something changes um, or they might get into a different part of healthcare. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like this is something where, you know, you gain knowledge for life and yeah it's available to us and we just need to know about it and how to go about signing up and completing it. Absolutely. I was just talking to a friend today about uh, our diverse backgrounds and how that adds to a team uh, dynamic and how boring it would be if we all thought alike and, and felt alike. And, and a lot of times things fail because we don't um, view others skill sets as a strength when maybe that's what we need and so in order for us to succeed we really have to recognize that hey you're really good at this and hey you're really good at that and let's pull it all together and that's what's going to drive that team forward so it's really important to kind of remember those things that we're, we're just simply the dynamics of the team the, the diversity of the team is what makes the team drive forward absolutely and i think ptas general, right have a, a very diverse background um, you know, with a lot of programs having a little bit of an older, you know, student um, diversity and just different backgrounds and age and everything. Um, a lot of PTAs have had other careers. And, you know, that's one of the things that I also feel should be taken into, you know, account when you're talking about 
what we bring and you know that's important and underutilized yeah agreed so the big theme these are things hearing from you as we talk through all of these different uh, facets of how PTAs can become not only involved, but simply increase their knowledge. First, PTAs have to show up. We got to show up. We got to be willing to, to figure things out and learn more. We've got to grow that knowledge, find that value, and we have to start recognizing the future leaders. We have to start recognizing that these things that I'm hearing from you as we go through this content, it's kind of You cut out that last part. <laughs> Was there a question? Yeah, um, this is what happened. <laughs> No, but I feel any cast that uh, knows me and follows me on Facebook, you'll you'll understand my frustrations. <laughs> also on Twitter, I've I've made it very um, clear that um, broadband access needs to improve in rural Ohio. So um, I, we do the best that we can to cut out any kind of like crazy moments in this podcast. But the reality is, this is life. This is yes, this is how it it's is. Not so perfect. Everyone, it's not perfect. Everyone, me. Yep. No, no, this is me. We're just having a discussion. So I'm yeah. just happy I get to be a part of it. Okay, so saunas. Last thing, your plus point. Do you have some wise words of advice and some parting thoughts for our guest? Um, I, I know right now it's May. We're recording this in May. I don't know when it's going to be released, but there's a lot of graduates coming out right now. What would you yeah. leave us with? Um, so I I wanna um I wanna in a way, like if you will, in a closing statement, I want to bring up this one memory first. Um, so 2005, once again, right? So I signed up for the first advanced proficiency. Um, a few years later, I'm getting it. And um, I go to the first APTA advanced proficiency certification um, celebration. It was in Boston. And um, I want to say it was at uh, the House of Delegates, which I had no idea what that was, right? So, and for those of you that don't know, it's a big meeting that, you know, happens um, once yearly and a lot of things are decided on by delegates policy. that you choose. Yes, policy. Very, very policy-based, yeah. Very policy-based. So that's where the event was. And um, I can't remember how many of us there were. I want to say maybe 11 or 13 for some reason around that number and i had never met any of these ptas and um there's a picture of this and me and katie were trying to come up with this picture but it's on the apta website and we'll, find it. we'll dig it up somewhere we'll dig it up and you know i i can't believe that at the time i was like yeah i don't know who she is i don't know who he is but we're gonna stand here all smile right and what the first podcast that Katie did was with Roy Jenkins and he was there and um, Amy Smith is in there. And mm -hmm. for, you know, I'm naming off these names, but these are PTAs that have been involved um, in 
pretty much every way possible. Um, and just now that I look back and I'm like, wow, that was really great. And, yeah. you know, now I can say I have actually served, um, you know, in positions along with these people. And I, you know, that's just a nostalgic moment for me, right? So um, what I want to leave everyone with is that when someone is offering to give you mentorship, take it. If someone you meet at a course or at a networking event or whatever it is that you decide to go to, a wine tasting, whatever that event might be, make a connection, you know, exchange numbers, mm -hmm. try to somehow connect with them. If you have an opportunity to go to something else that you're invited to, you never know where that's going to lead you. I would have never thought that going to maybe my first district meeting would have made me become more involved, take a position. And I feel like any opportunity that you get to meet people, to network with other professionals, don't be shy go out there, put yourself out there. If you're a student and you go to an event, you go with your you know, fellow classmates, try to go away from them for a few minutes, introduce yourself, get to know other people. Um, when you graduate, I feel like you're kind of like everybody else, right? So, you know, um, your employers don't necessarily ask you, well, what was your GPA? They want to know that you have a current licensure in good standing. That is usually the most important thing they want to know. And that you graduated from an accredited school, which you couldn't take the licensure board if you didn't. So you come out and you're pretty much all level, right? You know, make yourself more marketable. Make yourself a better clinician. And, you know, I can't say that, you know, as a 10-year PTA, I felt more comfortable than as a five-year because I feel like the more you work, the more you're like, oh, I need to know more about that. Now I need to know more about that. Mm -hmm. There's always more to learn. And this is one of the opportunities you have. So if you can, you know, um, talk to your employer. This is a great interview, you know, um, mm -hmm. point that you can make, you know, what are your continuing education, um, reimbursements? Do you support this? Do you, you know, because they want the best, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. try to advance yourself. So you're the best at what you do mm -hmm. and you stand out more than someone else because you have a specialization in it. And it's something that is way underutilized. Remember, only a couple in the state of Ohio get their advanced proficiency. You could be one of them. So, you know, try to take advantage of what is available to you, um, whether it's in a clinical education, um, you know, learning opportunity to a leadership you know, learning opportunity. These are all going to make you a better individual to do the job that you do. So take advantage of every opportunity that is available. Um, if you don't know what's available to you, find out who can help you. And 
that's where I think our website is fantastic. No matter what state you're in, there are different districts. There are, you know, leadership within those districts. And I will tell you, I wish we had more people who were interested in getting involved. And I feel like because we don't have as many individuals, when we have someone, we just want to give, 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 because we want that person to be successful. Mm -hmm. So as long as you show up, you're going to have amazing support and mentorship and all of us will help you through it because Mm -hmm. we're doing what we're doing because we had it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I don't even know how to end this because that was like perfect. So (laughs) like you said it all in that, that um, plus point. So Thank you so much for sharing that. I I agree with you 100%. I think that these programs that you talked about today are um, certainly valuable, but definitely underutilized. And I hope that this just brings some awareness to the fact that they're out there, they're available to PTAs. Um, We would love to have more PTAs take these types of um, trainings and certifications just because it helps drive the profession forward. It makes us better clinicians. It makes us better um, instructors and and really anything um, in life. Like you said, it, it translates to every area. You're better wife, friend, sister, mother, you name it, um, just because of the things that you've learned throughout this um, profession and the development that you've done. So thank you for coming on and thank Thank you for talking to a newbie podcaster. I mean, you could have absolutely said no, but you didn't because um, that's not, that's not in your blood to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Someday, maybe, you know. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight and um, we'll talk to you here soon. Okay. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, everyone. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, for listening. The PTA Plus podcast is hosted and produced by Katie Sutton in collaboration with PT Pinecast host and CEO, Jimmy McKay. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PTA Plus podcast, where the conversation is for PTAs by PTAs. This show is for educational purposes only and not intended for clinical decision-making, while care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. Become part of the PTA Plus podcast family by liking, sharing, and subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts.